completely dedicated to baking. I'm Amanda in Los Angeles. And I'm Jeremiah in Sacramento. This episode is sponsored by So Chatty Chocolate. Amanda, I have a question for you, and I'm going to sound like a total creep, but it totally fits with the theme of this episode. Have you ever baked topless? <laughs> you are so inappropriate. This podcast is done. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Plead the fifth. So oh. you, guys, you guys can guess who we're having on today, but it's only fair. Jeremiah, are you, are you a topless baker? Sometimes. Definitely. I mean, it's hot in the kitchen, right? It, I mean, I'm definitely not doing it on puff pastry days where I'm keeping the kitchen cold, but <laughs> on other days where the oven's just roaring, yes, the to, top uh, comes off. Take some words from Mary Berry, you cheeky monkey. So, <laughs> 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 well, there you go. Um, and speaking of Mary Berry, it's a lot of talk about Bake Off today. Yeah. yeah. We give some behind the scenes details that I don't know if you and I have actually even talked about before. Some are some repeat stories with some extra juicy tidbits, but there's some there's some good gossip in this episode. It's kind of fun. Well, we're having uh, you guys have probably guessed by now, but it's it's topless baker, the topless baker. He has a real I name too, doesn't he? Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also known as a real human being. He's not just topless, but He's a self-taught baker, which I always admire and, of course, identify with. A YouTuber, a social influencer, Instagram sensation. Yes. And a podcaster. And podcaster. If you haven't heard his podcast, Bake Off Undressed, go listen. And his whole career was really inspired by the Great British Bake Off, which he'll tell us all about. I just know you guys are going to love this episode. I think that the the flash of his name being known as Topless Baker is really exciting and a great hook. But what struck me is that he's a true baker's baker. He loves to teach. He's passionate about baking at a really high level. And I love that this episode really highlights how special he is. And if you aren't already in love with the topless baker, get ready because you will be. Amanda, do you want to start? Sure. So we asked our listeners, as we do so many times, for questions for our guests that are coming on. And I think it would be amiss if we did not jump to immediately the most popular question. Should we call out all the Instagram <laughs> names, Jeremiah? Embarrass oh the gosh. listeners a bit? No, that would be mean. But we'll just It'll say take forever to read them. Yeah, a very long list of people would like to know why you're topless. <laughs> oh, the most! I, I was going to guess that was coming. <laughs> Um, so, so really, the topless thing started as a as a bit of a joke, to be honest. So, I, oh, it must have been like four years ago now. So, you guys are Bake Off superstars, um, and I don't know if it's the same in America, but in England, when the Great British Bake Off is on, a lot of companies will have kind of intercompany Bake Offs. So, like every week, if it's Pie Week or Pastry Week or whatever, everyone will have to bring in a bake, and then it gets judged, and then the end of the ten weeks. Whoever wins from that team, I don't know, gets some money or they get, you know, the pride of winning. 
And we did a bake-off at the company I was working at, and I won. <gasps> yeah, no, I won. I won company bake off, not real bake off, but company bake off. <laughs> and someone said to me, they go, you know what? You you exercise. You look good. You look good um, with your top off. You should do naked baking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that is like that's too much. That's gross. Come on. And so for some reason, I just googled topless baker. And there was one article that came up with this guy in China who'd gone viral for cooking topless like once in his kitchen, but no one was doing it. There was no shirtless chef. There was no topless baker. So I was like, I'm going to buy the URL, toplessbaker.com. I'm going to get all the social handles and I'm just going to start a blog. And I just started this blog as a joke. You know, someone really, it was really just a bit of a joke. And then it was a really quick growth and it just all happened really quickly and this topless baker thing became really serious and and now it's my job that's amazing yeah amazing. really really random very random i can't ask this question <laughs> i'm trying to force him into the next question oh do it come on so okay so the next question is are you topless now <laughs> You know what? I'm not actually. I'm in my gym kit because after this, I'm going to go to the gym because I need to look good topless. Um, but I'm not really topless that often. Like I'm only ever topless for an occasion. Like if I'm shooting a YouTube video or maybe I'm going to an event. And so people, people really, people complain actually on Instagram on my Instagram stories. They're like, "Why have you got so many clothes on? Like why on earth wearing clothes?" I'm like, God. I am a normal. Like I am Matt. I am a normal person. I do. You know, I don't go to my dad's house half naked on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so people really struggle with that concept. But I wear clothes 90% they've, of the time. They've latched on to it. It's like, you have to be topless or else we don't know who you are. But yeah, this guy I has mean, a name, people. His name I is know. Matt. And people find <laughs> it weird when I'm kind of doing stuff as topless baker, but then with my top on, I kind of have to warn them, like, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm, I'm actually going to have my top on. And it's it's just this awkward, like, limbo that I'm in between top on Matt and top off Matt. And it's, yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said you have your gym kit on because that's my next question, which Amanda and I also get quite often, although we don't have quite the muscles that you do. But how do you... Oh, come on, Jeremiah. They don't know what oh, I have I under yeah, here. Come on. Don't speak, speak for me. <laughs> How do you stay fit as a baker? You know what? I think I'm I'm pretty blessed. You know, I'm I'm by no means, you know, on the front of a men's bodybuilding magazine. I'm not by any means that fit. Um, but I start, you know, I was going to the gym from the age of kind of 16 and I've always been going to what and what and now I'm 20, maybe this 12 years. Am I 28, 27? I'm not really sure. I'm 27. Um, so like, you know, 50, a long time basically I've been going to the gym and I guess it's my body's, I'm paying, you know, I'm working off what I used to do when I was a young kid and I don't know, I just, it's balanced for me. I, I still eat chocolate every day. I've had like 15 Oreos today because I was making Oreo Swiss meringue buttercream. I mean, I don't, I don't watch what I eat. I don't, you know, I'm not concerned about eating a brownie. I just kind of exercise three or four times a week and I eat a relatively balanced diet, but I always eat chocolate. I always have dessert every day. You know, there's no, no holding back. Okay, as someone who's 10 years old, your senior, oh my God, I feel like an old man. <laughs> Don't stop the working out because, oh my God, the 
things slow down as you get older. It's so true. I know. I'm so like, I'm, I, right I'm looking forward to the day that I don't have to go to the gym. It's like, oh, it's five o'clock. I like, I have to go to the gym. I'm really looking forward to that one. It's like, I don't know. I've got a kid, and it's like, oh, I don't have to go to the gym anymore. Great. I can just put my clothes on. I don't have to be topless baker. <laughs> Then you have to change it to like dad, dad bod baker or yeah, something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just have this big stomach. That's not a bad idea. Get that URL. Hurry. Mm. <laughs> Bye now. Okay, before we go any further, I'm dying because I watched Bake Off last night. Oh. And I have no one to talk to. And but you're the person, the perfect person to talk to, because I know you obviously watched it. I saw yes. your podcast just popped up. But what the heck i okay hold on spoilers people yeah people need to be warned if they haven't seen it yet we're gonna we're about to ruin like the biggest moment of the show yeah spoilers and and then also jeremiah will you clarify for like american listeners because a lot of american listeners only know of like the netflix or pbs or possibly only know of it so it's not on there it's not one of those so i'm watching bake off with the uk and it's there in season nine. It's happening live right now. Whereas in America, everyone's watching season eight um, on Netflix. So you people in America, unless you're, you know, sly like me and find it online, you're going to wait a year to hear what Matt and I are about to discuss, which is I thought was pretty epic. So what the heck, Matt? Why didn't Raul go home? Oh, well, I mean... Rahul's been this unbelievable baker throughout the whole competition and really not very confident, but he's got like six Hollywood handshakes. I mean, he's smashing it every single week, but this week he just bombed it. Like I haven't seen your guys' series because I don't have access to the American ones. I'm not sure how you guys fared in like different challenges and stuff, but he... We did great in every single one. I need to catch up and watch yours. Uh, but he just had the worst week ever. He was burning his Danishes. He was, you know, it was unbelievably poor from him. And then in a shock revelation at the end, he didn't go home and Manon got sent home. And I, I actually swore at the TV. Like I was, yeah. I was angry that he didn't go home because yeah, he's a great baker, but it's a week by week show. Like it doesn't matter what he did yesterday. It's all about what he did on the day making danishes and he totally messed it up so i was and didn't he come in last in the technical yeah he came basically came last in the like they had to do open sandwiches like danish sandwiches make rye bread he basically came last in that he came last in the technical and he burnt his danishes and in the showstopper yeah, yeah i mean i don't know how they're saying that he was kept on for entertainment purposes because everybody loves him yeah but still i was not happy and I've vented no. that in my podcast. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. And, you know, I've been in, totally in love with him. Like, I love your thing about who would you spoon. I've been all about him until last week when your guest was talking about how there's all these people who are so over his, you know, his shyness, his self-deprecation. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, I kind of see it now. And then last night, I was just so annoyed the whole time. I'm like, oh, he's doing it again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I get that for week three and week four, but man, you were such a good baker. And I know, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's the same for you guys. I'm quite a self-deprecating baker too. Like I don't, nothing is ever perfect to me. I always want to improve. I always think it'd be better. I might have, you know, the design isn't right, but you know, come on, man, just give yourself some confidence because, oh, you're going to need it. He's going to make a career out of this. You know, this is a big opportunity for him. He needs to be 
confident in what he's doing because he's going to get book deals after this. He's going to be on TV. And, you know, he can't do these things if he's like, oh, sorry, that was, that was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. And so the one thing I know, Amanda, you can talk about even not having seen it is this was the quarterfinals. And Matt, I don't know what you thought, but I felt like everyone was losing their like they were all struggling a bit, like overwhelmed, really stressed out. And I know for us, I think, Amanda, each of us kind of had our own sort of peaks and valleys within the season. And I know by the quarterfinals, that was the week I went out that um, it was. Yeah, I remember I was I think you might have been like kind of getting into your zone. And I think I was starting to lose (laughs) lose my shit. I don't know. Yeah, it it is weird how like different like different weeks, somebody would be riding a high and kind of like find their stride. And then other weeks, I mean, for me, it was bread week was just a bleep storm. Uh, and, and just oh, so painful. And other people seem to, you know, kind of sail through that. And then, yeah, I think it's weird. And then one thing I'll say, having not seen it, so I can defend this poor, is it Raul or Rahul? I'm not Rahul. sure. H-U-L. Rahul. Okay, I have to defend him a tiny bit just on the possibility (laughs) that it's editing because I can tell you and you can as well, Jeremiah, from so many questions and like whether it's in the tent or the interviews outside, those go for so long that they have every version of your experience to kind of choose from to then present. So you could go to interview and say, I'm doing really well. I think I'm going to stay in. I was really happy with my bakes. And they could say, was there anything you were unhappy with? And then you say, well, I didn't love this part. I felt a little strange about, and then they could choose that part of every interview and every little tidbit. And then suddenly Amanda's the insecure one or Rahul is the insecure (laughs) one or they could play it the other way and only take the snippets where every time you're like, I think I'm going to win. And then every little clip, they're like, we hate this arrogant person. You know, they just stand and say they're going to win over and over. But I don't know, just, just a little, I always have to like, defend, I love that but... inside knowledge. That's what I need. That's what I, that's <laughs> oh, what I need. We'll give it to you. Oh, good. Good. So how, how do you guys feel like watching the British version, having been on the American version? Like, is it really different for you? Is it like, uh, you know how does it feel i mean i i don't have the like sh- what is it the ptsd anymore <laughs> like i used to like literally be like i can't breathe now i kind of i relax more um and i enjoy it um i'm super jealous of them because they generally have a week off between episodes from what we were told and so they practice for a week yeah. where we were all just stuck in a hotel and we had one day between episodes no. with no way to practice. And so, so we were really... supposed to be improving week over week, but we were having to Couldn't. just guess at how to improve our recipes because we were in a hotel. Yeah. So you film the whole thing in like two, two and a half weeks and three weeks rather than they do this over a whole summer, basically. Exactly. Oh. I think we were there a total of five or six weeks with one week off where we got to come home. Yeah, it was five weeks. We did two and a half, and then we went home for about 10 days, and then two and a half weeks again, and then it was over. But it was, yeah, we had like a few days to acclimate to the time change, and then film two days, one day off, film two days, one day off. And like Jeremiah said, no kitchen or anything. So we're always jealous of that schedule because I'm like, I would like to see how much we could have improved possibly if we got to go home and take the feedback and then apply it to the new recipes and then go back and see 
what that would mean. But I do think as far as like your, your question, like the differences watching to me, the pace is slightly different just because the editing here had to include commercials, which there, I guess now it does as well. Yeah. Right. But they kept the link, right? Or no? It just, yeah. Cause it just changed. This is the second year was the BBC and then it just switched to channel four and channel four is a advertising, like a, a channel that has adverts and the BBC isn't. So this is, yeah. So now it's about an hour and 15 minutes and it used to just be an hour, an hour long. I'd say otherwise it's very similar. We lack the charming accents, but the like feel good. What's that? I don't even know who your hosts are. Oh God. Well, ours were, (laughs) I mean, it's, uh, it's, we've had some drama in our, you should Google it. Let's maybe just leave it at. You should Google it. Okay, mm-hmm. all, right, yeah. all right. But we had Mary Berry, th- her last ever Bake Off situation True. was with us. So no way. Um, yeah, she, she, the news came out that that they were moving to Channel Four when we were with Mary. So that whole drama was circling in the tent of like, <gasps> what's she gonna do? You know, it, it's and then um, Sue came over to our tent to say goodbye to the staff while we were shooting. So we got to meet her. Oh my god! Um, I I would cry if I met Mary Berry. It would it's like my dream. It's like meeting the queen of baking. Well, she's interesting. Oh no! Don't tell me that. Don't don't, don't break my heart. I think she's a total professional and forever. Like my thing about Mary Berry's, I'm like she's patted me on the butt, and I feel really good oh. about that. <laughs> I don't ever she think she's Amanda. seen a pat a butt pat on the English one. So you got a. You got a frisky Mary. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing she ever said to us is, or to me, is we were starting the day and she walks by and she's smiling at me or sort of smiling. And I said, I hope you have a good day, Mary. And she looks at me and she goes, it all depends on you. <laughs> <laughs> so intense. Yes, Mary. Oh God. Oh God. I'm dying. (laughs) You knew that PTSD you were talking about. It's coming back now. Thanks a lot, Jeremiah. So, okay. We got to move on. Um, We are kind of like dancing around it, but I did want to make sure that in your words, you got to describe your podcast for our listeners because we love it. You have two big fans right here and I want all of our listeners to hear about it. Oh, thank you. Well, this is, is, this is the perfect platform to talk about it. So my podcast is called Bake Off Undressed. So the undressed element is basically a homage to me, a topless baker, but also kind of a fan cast type podcast all around this season nine of the Great British Bake Off. So it's a very honest, like open discussion. We don't hold anything back. We, you know, we give our honest opinion because it's not um, sponsored by, you know, Channel 4. It's not in association with the Great British Bake Off. So we kind of are pretty ruthless. And every week we watch the episode of The Great British Bake Off and I have a new guest on. So I've had past contestants on like um, Tamal and Benjamina. I've had other YouTubers on. And we just discussed the entire episode kind of breaking down the drama and the mishaps and who we think's going to get sent home, who you'd like to. We have different segments like Spoon, fork, knife, which is kind of like snob, marry, kill. Um, very interesting things. But it's all around the Great British Bake Off. And there's only two episodes left, though, because the Bake Off's about to end. So we need to kind of figure out what we're going to do with the next. 
are you going to continue podcasting? I hope you. I do. hope so. It's just figuring out like what it's going to be next. If anyone has any ideas, that would be great because I, you know I love talking about baking and food, but it's like you know I want to make it a wider podcast that will attract more of a US audience because obviously you guys don't have the season of the Great British Bake Off yet, so a lot of my US fans can't listen to the podcast because they're like, hey, I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who Rahul is. So I want to make it like very inclusive for everybody. So I just, I need to have a think about that. I will say to you, anybody who's thinking about listening and you're going, well, I haven't watched the show. Of course there are spoilers, but like Jeremiah said, I don't track the episodes down. So I don't typically watch them until other Americans watch them. I just watch them, you know, when they're available here. And I've still been listening to your podcast because it's, totally makes sense. It's still very enjoyable. So unless you're, you know, bothered by the spoilers, which you're going to get on Twitter and Instagram anyway, I think it's totally worth popping on and listening just if you love baking, because there's so much other chat, like in your vegan episode, I loved that conversation so much just about vegan baking in general and how to approach it and some of those thoughts. So even if you haven't watched the show, I think it's a great podcast. Perfectly said. I mean, I, I don't need to add anything myself, though. You nailed it. Yeah, we, we <laughs> There's do, like, your commercial. Oh, there Sorry. Thank you very much. That was, you know, that was perfect. That was sums it up to a T. Well, let's play your game of, um, oh gosh, Spoon Fork Night yes. with s- some of the like past um, Great British Bake Off seasons or contestants or challenges. You can choose whatever you want or if you want me to narrow it. Okay. Can, but. Um, so I would probably spoon. Do you remember Selassie? Yes, we've had him on. Yes, you had him on. You didn't you? I saw on your podcast you had him on. But I freaking love Selassie. Like he is, he's just so down to earth. He's really honest, very open. And I just love Selassie. If I could hang out with Selassie all day long, I totally would. I think he was just posting about you like yesterday yeah, or something posted, on Instagram. Yeah. Podcast, yeah. Which was really exciting. I love getting verification from somebody that's actually been on the Bake Off. And they're like, hey, yeah, we enjoyed your podcast. Um, so I love, I love, love, love Selassie. I think he's, I tried to get him on the podcast, but he's in Switzerland training to be a pastry chef. So I haven't really had the chance to see him, but yeah, love him. And then, because you guys have got season eight right now, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. And have you seen the guy, Stephen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he's kind of, there's a guy this year called Dan who got kicked out, but kind of Stephen is my Dan of this year. Like he was so, just so precise in his baking and very clinical and very much the way I like to bake, like very design driven, very organized. Everything was really presented very well, but also tasted really good. And I just loved his, the way he went about baking. So I was going to fork Stephen because he was forkable. (laughs) (laughs) And knife. This is the the nasty one. I like it. See, I think I want to knife Paul Hollywood. Like I want to get him off the show (laughs) because I don't I don't know, like ever since it moved from channel from BBC to Channel 4, I just I don't I just don't love him anymore. Like he used to be like a bit of an inspiration, but he's just a bit of an a-hole now. So uh, <laughs> I'm not loving Paul and I'd like to knife him off. Maybe they should replace him with, you know, a young male baker like Topless Baker instead of him. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we totally called the American show. We didn't call them. We wrote them and we said, because they needed new hosts. And we're like, Amanda and I will do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll all we just understand. go be employed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. Uh, also, I was so sad when dad left this oh. season. I thought he could have won the whole thing. I'm like begging him to come on the podcast, but I think the PR is quite oh. tight and they don't really. They don't let you do anything outside of Bake Off until the season is over in case you give anything away. So I don't think he's allowed on yeah. for a few weeks. But I love, I love him. He was yeah, great. he's fantastic. Yeah. You will love him too, Amanda. I, know. I can't wait to watch. I, I feel like I already know these people and from social media poking around. And I'm so curious. But yeah, these are good teasers. It's going to be great because you can binge it all once it's all, you know, all done you can watch 10 episodes in like three days it's gonna be oh jealous <laughs> bake off and chill i think while we're uh copying your podcast and kind of having some fun with you we should also ask what is your icing on the cake moment as a baker just throughout your time baking do you have anything that you're super proud of that was just your star baker moment Super proud of. Mm. So uh, I reached 100,000 YouTube subscribers last year. That was quite a big achievement for me. Um, I never kind of thought I would be a quote-unquote YouTuber. So getting to 100,000 subscribers was like a really big achievement kind of in my career. But I'm thinking food-wise kind of what I've, what I've baked that I was really proud of. I wouldn't say there's like one specific bake, but I'm... I think kind of my, I've started to really nail down my cakes and get like the flavors right and the buttercream. Listening to your buttercream episode, by the way, oh my goodness. I just, I just wanted to join the conversation. I was like, yes, French, Swiss, Italian, talk to me about temperatures and whisking and soft butter. Oh, I loved it. But (laughs) uh, everything about cake, I just love decorating cakes and kind of my, ability to decorate has improved which is kind of my icing on the cake for myself i love that as a cake person that makes my heart sing jeremiah can we jump to a listener question because i think it's appropriate so from southern fatty who we're talking about yeah so (laughs) he writes and says why the hate for american buttercream you must not have had amanda's he says i did not put that on there i promise you (laughs) (laughs) it's just uh, it was funny listening to Tessa talk about it because she was you could see she was biting her tongue she was like yeah American kind of has its place it's kind of grainy I just think it has like no depth of flavor it has no like it really adds nothing to a cake other than sweetness I think it's a really good actually I'm not even sure it's that good for a beginner because it's kind of not that easy to pipe or decorate with because it's not quite smooth enough I just think if you're, you know, if you're looking at what a professional cake decorator would use, other than maybe like Cake Boss, who probably uses American buttercream, I think every cake decorator in the world would always use a meringue-based buttercream. So I just don't know why you would use American, and it's just too sweet and grainy, and I just find it. I find it really difficult to make. Actually, and I'm really confused about these Instagram bakers who make these amazing cakes using American buttercream. And I've tried their recipes and I just, I can never get mine to look that smooth. So I just give up. Okay. I'm going to challenge you right now to crack this because it can be cracked. I, I feel really, like really, I'm such a fan. Cream or something. I don't know. I need to, there's a secret ingredient that I think I must be missing, but 
for me, it's just like the, what I love about it is the ease. Like it's, you could make it so quickly. Whereas if you're making like a Swiss meringue buttercream, there's so much egg white to weigh and temperatures and it takes so much longer. Whereas if you've got icing sugar and butter, you just smash it together and make a really quick buttercream. So you are right. I need to crack it. I can't, I can't shy away from it and stick my head in the sand. Okay, so for the fan. yeah, so you can obviously be happy if you tried my recipe. Oh, yeah, if you want to yeah, make your I own, I'm gonna give you some. I'm gonna give you some quick tips. Make sure you use heavy whipping cream. Balance the sweetness with maybe some vinegar and salt. Those are Ooh. some ideas. As far as flavor, there's so many options for infusing. Either using you could put flavor in with powder, or you could infuse the butter, or you can infuse the heavy whipping cream. Like, I know you know this, but hey, just putting it in your brain. Hey, no, and then mix, mix for longer than you think you need to. And it will break down some of that graininess that everyone loved when they were a kid. I'm just going to say that. Everybody used to be so happy. And now, now they don't. So, okay, it can be fixed. I just have to do my buttercream commercial because it's really important to me <laughs> so are you are you are always if you're making a cake would you always use american buttercream over like a swiss no definitely not like i think it depends on the texture of the cake like i try to think about if the cake is really really light and fluffy and i'm wanting the whole cake to have that really light fluffy effect i'll stick with the meringue buttercream on there but if i'm wanting to balance the fluffiness and kind of have something with a little more density then i'd go for american buttercream so it just depends on like the cake and the filling and the frosting all coming together in a friendly way. Got you. Well, I, I feel like a renewed energy that I need to try out. I promise. I promise <laughs> I will. My job is done here. All right. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by So Chatty Chocolate. And So Chatty sent us some of their chocolate and we've gotten to play with it. And I'm dying to know, Amanda, what did you make? Well, since So Chatty is single origin, kind of similar to a really nice bottle of wine or a really beautiful pound of coffee, it has these really great flavor notes. I wanted to keep it simple. So I made a mousse tart, which is really just the cream and the chocolate mixed together so I could get all those delicious flavor notes to shine. What did you make? Similar to you, I made a chocolate ganache, but I layered it into a buckwheat crepe cake. So I wanted to show off those unique flavors as well. Now, So Chatty is really special. There's only three ingredients, cocoa beans, organic cane sugar, and organic cocoa butter that make up this delicious chocolate. And that's not the only thing that's unique about it. I thought it was really interesting that it came in a pouch, right? It's different, yeah. something I hadn't seen before. But I learned that the reason they do that is because air can actually deteriorate the quality of a chocolate. So they're protecting their precious chocolate in this pouch. And they're resealable. So you take the cap, and if you don't use all the chocolate, you just screw it back on and store it at room temperature. And then warming it is very easy. Once it's become solid again, you just put it in a bowl of warm water in about an hour, you'll have gorgeous melted chocolate. All right. So, so chatty is available on Amazon. You can learn more about it on their website. So And we have a discount code for you. If you're buying some on Amazon, it's 25 flower pod. So two, five F L O U R P O D. That's for 25% off, which is roughly $5 off. Now back to Topless Baker. 
Well, can you tell us one of your soggy bottom moments of Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got like, there's one that was really bad. So it was my mom's 60th birthday last year. And she was having, she doesn't really celebrate a lot. Like she doesn't have big parties or anything. But she was like, right, this year, we're gonna have a big party. She's American. So we invite all the family over from America. So it was quite a big deal. She had no, maybe a hundred people at this at this party, and she goes, "Okay, Matt, I want you. I don't want you to get me anything as a present. I want you to make a cake for everybody so that uh, so that you can feed them. That's that's my present." She wants says, "I want it to be orange and pink. That's the coloured theme. That's all I'm going to tell you. That's all you need to know." So I was like, "Great, I'll do a three tier cake. I'll do chocolate, vanilla, and lemon. I'll you know make it three tiers: pink and orange, ombre. Really excited." So I made all these cake layers, you know, I was prepping for days in advance, making so much buttercream. And I went to the venue in the morning, probably at 11 o'clock in the morning and frosted these cakes and then stacked them all. And it was, England is not a hot country, you know, England is typically really not that hot. And this kind of happened to be one day that was pretty, pretty warm, but I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about that. So I stacked the cakes put them onto the cake stand and put them in the corner of the room, took a picture because obviously you need that Insta pic, you know, got to get those likes. <laughs> and then I <laughs> left because the party wasn't until like five o'clock. So went home, got dressed up, whatever, showered, changed. And then me and my girlfriend drove back to the venue. And it was, I don't know why in my head, but I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if something happened to the cake? And I go back into the venue and I just turn the corner and the cake, the entire cake had collapsed on the floor because of the heat. <laughs> and I literally burst into tears. I was, oh, I was hysterical. I was so embarrassed and upset. And, you know, everyone was expecting this amazing show-stopping cake. And I don't know, at the time, foolishly, I didn't really know about dowels. So I hadn't put any dowels or anything in the cake to hold it together. So it was just three tears stacked with Swiss meringue buttercream, which is obviously soft and susceptible to heat, and the whole thing slopped onto the floor, and that was it. So that was my the worst moment of my career. Oh wow! I'm gonna start crying too. Oh it was yeah, <laughs> so um, like I was, I cry like I'm a I'm an emotional person, but I oh my goodness, I was in floods of tears like screaming at my mom like oh my god I dropped your cake it's ruined I'm so embarrassed and, they, and you know everyone you know everyone tries to be really helpful if you have a food disaster and they're like oh just don't worry just pick it up again re-ice it and I'm you know like, as, it, as cake decorators we know you know once that cake has fallen over and it's not circular anymore this you know, there's no going back you can't redecorate that cake it's done but they're like oh no just it'll be fine just put it back together I'm like no it is not fine. It is ruined. <laughs> so all their kind of suggestions were on uh, deaf ears and yeah, it was a disaster. I had some chocolate cake left over, but that was literally it. Everything else was, was destroyed. We are like writhing in pain for you. We know exactly how that oh, feels. Did you have any collapses when you were on the show? Did you anything of yours now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Amanda, why don't you go first? Did you have any? No. Did I have any collapses? No. I mean, I had bad bakes, nothing that went over on itself. Um, I collapsed. I mean, I cried and cried and cried. So that counts as a collapse. Uh, Jeremiah, do you want to? 
open up that similar, moment. Oh God! Yeah, what sim- have I done? Similar to yours. I mean, I my mom. I grew up with around wedding cakes. My mom makes wedding cakes. Like uh, you know, I I feel like I know a thing or two. Um, but on this, on it was our first episode, our first showstopper. We had to do a holiday themed two tier stacked cake. And I decided that I I just didn't test my recipe enough. And I did a fruit cake kind of style thing, which I thought would be cool because we're in England and it was over a hundred degrees in the tent. And I don't know what that is in Celsius, but oh, yeah, it was hot. so hot. And then the refrigerators, the freezers they gave us would not actually cool anything. So like I put in my cakes and they would be still hot in an hour because we all figured out, Oh, we all need to put like bags of ice in the freezers and the fridges to help keep the temperature down as you put hot things in. So we had to ask production for those sorts of help for that help because otherwise those fridges were useless. I don't know how the British people get it done because we were suffering with those (laughs) refrigerators. So I also decided to use white chocolate ganache, another stupid decision. And, um, Basically, my cake, like I put in like handfuls of supports, but the cake was too soft and um, it just started imploding. It never collapsed like Ruby's did, but it like kind of in, you know, sunk into itself. And it was, I, it was, wait, okay, this is one thing you need to know, Matt, on Bake Off. Once things start going wrong, you get your own cameraman, (laughs) like a cameraman who does not leave you. Like he's just there, like Usually two inches from you, like right oh. on you. Yeah, and you have your own producer that's asking you questions the whole time. And she was like, "How do you feel? How do you feel? Are you are you like <laughs> do you have time? Do you have time? Are you gonna die? Are you gonna die? Are you gonna go home?" And I, I was the guy who was like, "I show no weakness," and so I just was like swearing in Portuguese and like just kind of continuing on, like nothing was wrong, and um, yeah. It was a pretty funny day. And then I went like kind of crazy. Like I couldn't stop laughing like a crazy. <laughs> Did it taste good though? Did you get away with like flavor instead of like. They said it was underbaked. <laughs> apart- I don't know. They just. Hey, well, here's the funny it, through, thing is it wasn't the worst one. Can we say though I the made- really positive thing, right? Is yes. that his, his cake looked like a tree because he had covered it in these meringues. Were they chocolate? Jeremiah or it was supposed to look like a forest. Yeah. So but... it, it had like a forest tree vibe. So the fact that it was leaning almost kind of worked. Like oh. obviously it wasn't ideal, but it almost like had this very forest. And I, I mean, from a distance from my bench, I'm looking, I'm going, what a clever idea. Like until we walked out of the tent, I didn't realize that that wasn't part of your design. I just thought this is like off the chain creative, but you know, so it kind of worked. But the best part was when Mary said, okay, so I made these marzipan balls that I dipped in colored <laughs> sugar t- that looked like ornaments. And she bit into and she's like, oh, your balls are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh All gosh. the innuendos. All the innuendos. Yeah. <clears throat> so there you go. <laughs> um, okay, oh. since we're back on Bake Off, one thing I really wanted to make sure we got to ask was what would be your perfect episode? Like the theme and the challenges? I think I'd have to go cake. I'd have to go cake week. I think that would be my dream week because like they seem to make so many mistakes in not crumb coating or chilling their cake and not icing it properly. And I feel like I just have enough basic knowledge to just get semi-sharp edges of like a nice crumb coated cake. And I understand there's 
time pressure and you know there's probably something I don't I don't understand from watching it behind a TV screen but they seem to you know they're not letting their cakes chill they're putting buttercream on hot cakes and I feel like I just wouldn't make I feel like I could survive that week because I wouldn't make basic errors so that would be my dream week having to do like a stacked cake like you guys did um some kind of you know like little cupcakes or just something where I could decorate and also show off some like really basic knowledge that would make me feel comfortable <laughs> that would be fun yeah and um what what technical would you have liked to have tried that you've seen or what, what technical would you give fakers that's a really see I the first thing that jumps into my mind is that I'd want to give them croissants but I know that's a really long process but I feel like laminating dough is such a difficult thing to do. I've tried to do it once myself to make croissants and I found it so hard because it was just such a lengthy process. So I would I would be impressed by the skills of a baker if they could do any kind of French doughs that are laminated to make some kind of pan au chocolat or a croissant or something like that. A cruffin, I don't know, something crazy. <laughs> It'd be really fun to see them all lined up too, like to see the differences and yeah, you know, good you know, it comes down to like rolling them and the butter spilling out. I would love to see like a Dominique yeah, answer. I would love to them. learn. He would be a great. Oh, he'd be so cool to have yeah, on. As wouldn't like it a, be a guest judge? Like, right, you've got to make a cronut. Oh, yeah. Have you tried to make those? You know what? I've looked because he gave like a kind of cheats recipes. Got to put it on the internet. And again, I'm just, I just can't be bothered to make the croissant dough. I'm just like, nah, I just, and then frying things is a bit smelly and dangerous as well. If you're a topless baker, frying with oil, really dangerous. Um, so I, I haven't, I'm not, you know, I'm, I've eaten them. I've been to his bakery in London. I'm kind of not that fussed. Like some of the flavors are a bit, I'm kind of a chocolate vanilla kind of guy. So anything with yuzu and matches a bit out of my comfort zone so they're a bit far-fetched for me so i kind of stick to normal flavors gotcha well let's talk about recipes what of your recipes that you've written would you love people to try you know what i've just been writing like a huge document of new recipes so i've been spending quite a lot of time working on those which i haven't released um and then one thing this is such a basic recipe but it's just a, this lemon drizzle cake that I make, which is so simple and really not that difficult to make. But getting a good lemon drizzle, what I found is unbelievably difficult. Like I tested so many recipes and they were rubbery or dry or just didn't quite have enough lemon flavor. And then I finally kind of worked out what the secret was, which I found is lemon extract. So as well as using fresh lemon zest having a bit of lemon extract in there is really helpful to make it super lemony and i just found this lemon drizzle cake which is just the bomb so that would probably be the one i'll have to make that do you know i've never made a lemon drizzle cake oh. because in america like lemon pound cake is yes. such a thing but to make a lemon drizzle i've always wanted to but maybe now you've given me permission that'll be something i'll attempt i'll have to send it to you but it's kind of the secret of adding I always add a sugar syrup to any cake I'm making. So I always, you know, kind of a pound cake, you would leave it as it is. And a lemon drizzle, again, you'd probably just leave it as it is. But I think adding a little lemon sugar syrup at the, just as it's come out of the oven kind of adds to that 
moisture. Moist, everyone hates the word moist, but it adds that moisture to the cake. So that's kind of my little secret that I add in there. I love it. I feel like as a baker, I love that word moist. That means I'm going to be happy. <laughs> I'm with you. I like it. I use it all the time, but some people get really upset about that. It's such a hard word to get around because there's not like I always try to think of like something I can use instead. And yeah. I'm going, yeah, you can't say your cake not, is wet. Yeah, like anything else is just as bad or worse. So wet, that's just terrible. Yeah. No. But I need your recipe too because that's a cake I love and um, I yeah that's and I don't feel like people in America really make that and they need to. It's well, I'll send delicious. it to you because also I need people to test it. Maybe I'm just the one getting it right because you know how sometimes you do a recipe. Yeah. I got my oh, yeah. fiance to test some and she just couldn't get some of them right. I was like, what do you mean it's not right? Um, so maybe I'd send it to you and you tell me if it's any good. <laughs> Please do. We'll make it. Yeah. Well, I'm committing you, Jeremiah. I'll make it for sure. <laughs> and do you guys work in cups or grams? Because grams. Oh my god, grams! Oh, thank Forever. God. Oh. Forever. I was just about to. I was just about to freak out there. Okay, somehow accidentally, I'll say our our whole Flower Hour podcast. This comes up every episode, and I swear people are going to think that we're on some kind of like secret, obnoxious mission to push everyone into grams, but. I guess it's a not so secret mission, but every guest, I hope if you're listening and you're still using cups, you're noticing, we don't tell them to say this. It's just all of these bakers that we know and love. That's, that's what they're doing. And I promise you, I was skeptical too. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You will not regret switching over. Yeah. I I mean, I I think I say to people, look at the best pastry chef in the world. You look at Cedric Grillet, who's the number one pastry chef in the world who makes unbelievable desserts. He released a book. Is it in cups? No, because everything, he weighs vanilla powder to 0.2 grams. I mean, he is so precise when he is writing recipes that you can't just be like, oh, just a tablespoon or a half a cup because everyone's, everyone's cups and half cups are different. So I say, look at the best people in the world. How do they do it? And you'll notice they all do it in grams. Well said, well said. Um, you also, didn't you just finish a video that focused a lot on meringues? I did. So I did. I've been doing recently a lot of kind of intro videos, which is a little less stressful, which is quite nice, but kind of comparing French, Italian, Swiss meringue, kind of how to make them, what they're best for, what, you know, what's the easiest one to use, what's the best one to decorate with. Um, but I've done the same thing for buttercream, which is why I think um, we had the question about why I hate American buttercream. Um, <laughs> done it on how to make macarons, kind of French versus Italian macarons. We've done different types of cake, like a Genoese versus chiffon versus a sponge. And it's really interesting because, you know, I'm totally self-taught. I don't really know, you know, I, I kind of know what I'm doing, but not to a huge extent. And so I'll do these intro videos where I'm preaching about what's best and people in the comment will be like, you've done this totally wrong or you should have done this, you've missed out this ingredient. And it's a really good learning for me as well because they're like, you shouldn't have greased your chiffon tin because that's why it collapsed. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to learn. It's so vast that I feel like no matter, like it's one of those things with baking, you just have to go for Because if you don't, if you wait until you know every single tidbit, you'll never bake a thing. Like you may as well just stop, Yeah, you know? I'm with you there, yeah. That's what I was thinking too, is like when do you decide like 
you personally like i'm ready to show my expertise in this discipline now that's that's it's kind of yeah hard to decide it is and everyone has an opinion i think which is also difficult like i did a I did the video on buttercream and, you know, there's a lot of hate for people saying, like, you've never had American buttercream that's, you know, that's made properly or why haven't you done Italian or German? They're way better. And like people love giving their opinion on things and it's good to create a bit of a debate and get people talking and interested in it. And, you know, a debate is better than no one saying anything at all. Agreed. Yeah, that's a good point. Any tips that you want to throw out as teasers of any of those videos or areas that you'd love to share for our listeners? I mean, I, I kind of, I did this on my podcast yesterday. We were saying, what is the best tip you would give someone who's going to start baking? And we kind of just discussed it a second ago, but you've got to get scales. Like you have to do everything in grams. Um, you also, you need to read the recipe. Like there's so many everyone writes recipes differently. Like I, when I write a recipe, I try and include the ingredients as you're going through the recipe. So like each step has the ingredients underneath it so that you're not checking back to see how much flour it is. Um, and people write recipes differently depending on the website, where it is. And they might tell you, they might not have told you to preheat the oven. Then all of a sudden you've got a souffle and you're like, oh my God, the oven's not hot and my souffle needs to go in or, you know, so it's reading the oven, having some scales. I think trying to think of some of the tips from those videos. I mean, they're quite, You'll have to watch them and, and see what tips I give yeah. out. I'm trying to remember what I, what I say, but it's all about really weighing things and being really precise with, with it. All right, so um, at the start, we started with listener questions. So I think maybe before we run out of time, we should get to some more. Are you good with that, Jeremiah? Absolutely. Okay, so these are from Instagram. So Hannah... Let's see. Uh, Reichermond. Is that right? Hannah Reichermond. Sounds good to me. Okay. It says, I love his unique piping techniques. I'd love to hear how he comes up with them. Oh, that's a really, that's something I've become really obsessed with lately is piping. Like I have a huge box in my cupboard of just a million different piping nozzles. And I'm always looking for inspiration from other people you know, I wouldn't say something I do is completely unique, but it's how can I use that piping nozzle in like a different way, whether it's rotating it or piping it at a different angle or a different speed or shimmying it. And I just kind of spent a lot of time <laughs> with a lot of buttercream and whipped cream and pieces of paper and just literally playing around with all these different piping dips. It's really a case of practicing and coming up with your own kind of crazy designs. But I look a lot of pastry chefs. So I really look at a lot of pastry chefs and try and see what they are doing with piping nozzles or like mechanisms that create different designs in their piping. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of where my inspiration comes from. So it's really just playing around. I'm not really, I don't have a particular uh, skill, but it all comes from my head. So play, 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 yeah. and then piggy, piggybacking on that, Southern Fatty wants to know, do you name your piping tips? <laughs> do I name my piping tips? No, I only call them by what yeah. they are. Like so if, if it's a Wilton, I'll know, oh, it's a 4B or it's like a 104. But otherwise, I, they all pretty much are started. They all have some kind of spikiness. I'm like, it's a, it's a large started. So no, I don't have any names for them, but that's a great idea. I should, I should give them names. 
It's a really funny, funny idea. I like have little pet names oh, for that. <laughs> Color code. <laughs> Um, Southern Fatty also wants to know what's your favorite U.S. sweet that's hard to find in the U.K. Ooh, that is because I'm actually half American, so I uh, my family from Massachusetts, so I go out every year, pretty much like every year or every two years, and try and like, eat my way through wherever I am. I'm trying to think like a U.S. sweet, like I love the cereals. I know that's not really a sweet, but I love. Apple Jacks and all those like really trashy sugary cereals they just remind me of being in a being a kid and being in America and kind of waking up late in the summer and having Eggo waffles and Apple Jacks and like I don't know all the crazy breakfast stuff you have I think I miss Pop-Tarts, Eggo waffles and Apple Jacks those really horrendously bad breakfast foods are probably my favorite sweets those are great things. <laughs> great American, uh, like you said, trashy sweets, just so good and so appealing. Oh yeah. So my husband and I call things like that gross good. They're just gross good. That is the best way to call it. Gross good. Yeah, summed it up. All right. So the next question is from SM dot McDowell, and they would like to know any wedding plans that you can share or essential baking tools. Kind of a broad question there. <laughs> wedding plans and baking tools, so, all of the good stuff. So wedding plans. So Sasha, my fiance, has basically planned the entire thing, which is I'm very blessed because I haven't done anything. So we're going to get uh, married on her. Her dad has a farm. So we're going to get married on her dad's farm. Um, it's going to be a marquee wedding. I think we're having about 100 people. We've got um, some good food. I think it's going to be like Italian-themed food. Um, but I'm in conversation now sorting out the cake and I met a guy when I was in Singapore who's a really good pastry chef and he just moved to London and his wedding cakes are insane so I'm trying to negotiate with him to for him to make my wedding cake Um, so those are the wedding plans so far and then in terms of the best baking tools so the things that I love I'm looking at it now in my kitchen I have about 50 palette knives like so many palette knives small large offset flat so definitely recommend getting lots of palette knives a really good bench scraper for cake decorating a bench scraper is really helpful and then i use tweezers a lot so i use like kitchen tweezers for lifting on like gold leaf or picking on berries or trying to pick off i don't know i might drop something on a tart and i need to pick off a tiny little blemish of meringue that's fallen on so i use those a lot so those will kind of be my three go-to tools Excellent. I'm so glad you're not going to make your own wedding cake. I always feel like that's danger. Yeah, that happen. was the first question I got. Everyone was like, what's your wedding cake going to be? I'm like, I, really, I really don't know. I mean, this guy's designs, he showed me some, and I was I was like, dude, that's going to get 100,000 likes on Instagram. Like, it's, it's insane what the, the cakes he made were just – I was really jealous of his skills. At Food for Travel wants to know, what is your favorite thing to bake? So I always give the same answer, and I, I want to be consistent. So my favorite thing is lemon tart. So I kind of grew up, I never cooked as a kid, but I grew up, my dad was a Michelin star chef. And the one thing I loved of his that he made was his lemon tart recipe. And I kid you not, is the it, you'll never get a better lemon tart on this planet. There is, I've tried Michelin star lemon tarts. I've been to restaurants around the world. No one beats his lemon tart so I always make his lemon tart recipe 
Um, it is my favorite, favorite, favorite dessert to make. And one of the first things I made, and actually the dessert that won me my little competition when I was doing the Bake Off thing at my company. So that was kind of, it was the lemon tart that got me here today. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, my mind was just blown that you have a Michelin star dad chef. Yeah. So that's amazing. But then, okay, so I was thinking about that. But is is the recipe for his lemon tart available for it the is. public? Or? It is. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's on my YouTube channel, but I've tweaked it since then. So I feel like I need to release an updated version because I've got a better pastry recipe. He's, his pastry recipe wasn't unbelievable. It was more his filling that was really good. For some reason, his pastry recipe that he gave me, I couldn't quite, I could never quite get it right. But I think now I like nailed the pastry. So I have a better pastry recipe that I need to update it with. And then I will, uh, I need to put it on there. Well, we'll be on the lookout. But again, that's one you guys need to try. I'll send that to you too. Oh, please. So good. Yeah. So good. I'm excited. Okay. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Lots of lemon goodies coming our way, Jeremiah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. here too. The lemons are just starting to, yeah come into season. All right. So this is our favorite flower hour question. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say is if you could bake for anyone dead or alive, who would you bake for? And what would you make for them? So I am the biggest New England Patriots fan. Like I love, I'm not really into sport, but I just love the Patriots, the NFL team. And I love Tom Brady. Tom Brady is like, my God, I would die for Tom Brady. So I would love to bake for Tom Brady. Um, he's very healthy, though. He's all about avocado ice cream and crazy stuff like that. So I think I'd want to give him something really unhealthy. I would definitely make a cake. It would have to be like a chocolate chip cake with French meringue butter cream, chocolate drips, some kind of sale, some gold splattering on it. I mean, it would be it would be extra. So that's who I would definitely cook for. I'd be... I would die to make a cake for him. I'm speechless because I'm a Falcons fan. So that's that. Oh, <laughs> oh, 24-3. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> you can take this one, Jeremiah, because I've got nothing good to say. So I don't even know what sport you're talking about. That's how bad I am. <laughs> but the cake sounds phenomenal. So I'll have a slice and then be on my way. That's fine. Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> I'm sure he'll happily give that to you, saying he's got a Super Bowl ring on his finger. Oh, again, speechless. Nothing. A good, no. a good game though. Like you know, we got to got to give credit where credit is due. It was a great, great game. game. Really great game. One of one of the best to watch, I would say ever. But oh god, I need I need therapy <laughs> after it. So, who did the halftime? <sighs> I'll know that. Wasn't that Gaga? Wasn't that? Um, oh yeah, Gaga? yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, when she jumped off the roof, that was so dramatic. I watched that in a bar in the Castro, and that was pretty fun too. That's the only time the bar got silent. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, well Matt, on that sad we note, we keep you all day. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hey, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and it was an honor to meet two well not fellow but i'm not a bake-off person but to meet two bake-off contestants i mean it's a dream come true for me when i'm in america i have to come and 
see you face to face, I hope. Please yeah, do. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, fellow bakers. California. Fellow bakers. Yeah. There yeah. we go. I'm, I'm gonna, I, you can bake for me. I won't bake. I want to try some of your treats. <laughs> I saw that the sweet potato pie you just posted, which looked insane. Oh, thank you. Whipped, it's dangerous. The whipped cream on top. Oh, that was just such a beautiful photo. I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited. This episode is sponsored by So Chatty Chocolate. Be sure to subscribe to Flower Hour on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying your time with us, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it.